I'm sure it'll work out. Okay. Okay, okay. Well, uh, welcome everybody <laughs> to... How the fuck do you pronounce the name of this? I don't remember. Kathados? Kathados? I, I don't speak Greek anyway. Does so. anyone? Isn't it like a, um, spo- like a, a dead language in terms of spoken? Or no, it's not. Uh, no, no. I mean, there's there's a modern Greek, but this is, this is of course, Koine Greek, so yes, technically it's dead. Okay. Koine. I don't fucking... I don't... This isn't my department at all. What are we on about? Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about uh, etymology and, you know, foreign languages? Because I, I yeah, certainly know a uh, lot about that. Um, so it's a dead form of Greek. Um... Okay, okay, that's it. You're done. You're done. You're you're in competition. You have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, welcome to our podcast that we decided to do, if you check our Twitter, uh, Valerie actually mentioned the entire reason that we decided to to give this a shot is because I recommended the uh, podcast Girls Talk with a uh, with Christ Lover 2000 to her <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know how oh, that wow, actually yeah. like how you're like alright you know what we have to do a podcast now but you, you can tell the story if you want uh, I, clearly some kind of mistake uh, <laughs> it's just a, a, I think a reflection of the overall tendency to go off on strange tangents and obsess over things that should be left dead, etc. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just the way. I, I, that, uh, that makes sense. I don't know. I've definitely been over the, over the Christmas break because, you know, I mean, I'll just say for, you know, for the sake of the podcast listeners, uh, <laughs> hilarious, right? Yeah, all of our, our, our all of our adoring fans who are paying us on Patreon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. You know we're we're Patreon big shots. Is thing, we're, we really know what we're doing here. Yes. But uh, for for their sake, uh, for the two people who are listening to this, I am currently a junior, uh, getting my bachelor's degree in computer science and engineering at a school in Northeast Texas. So I was on Christmas break, and over the Christmas break, I was, you know, not doing shit, of course, and I was uh, listening to a lot of music and a lot of podcasts, and I I will admit, you know, I'm not quite, I haven't quite grown out of Chapo Trap House yet, so I'm I'm definitely still... Still, I'm still a listener to uh, to that podcast. Oh, and, and poor sweet child. What's that? <laughs> oh, my poor sweet child. I know, I know. I'm fucking twenty. I I'm still a lib. Uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll probably grow out of it eventually. But I honestly do think they have a lot of insightful takes. And then Felix uh, posted on his Instagram that he did a, a podcast episode with this random person I had never heard of, Christ Lover Two Thousand. So I was like, okay, well, Felix is on it. It's got to be good, because I really like Felix Biedermann's content. And uh, as it turns out, just started me on this huge journey of who in the world is is this person and what's their podcasting career look like. So, yeah, that's what happened for me. It was really recent. And 
since I'm also severely mentally ill and already friends with you, it was just the natural progression yeah. from there. I, I take it that by, by also severely mentally ill, you're really signaling to me that I am also mentally ill, which is Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I was... Well, granted, but I was <laughs> thinking of Ashley in that moment. Um, Christ lover. Oh, yes. Yeah. She, is, she is, as I said uh, in our discussion earlier, she seems to be very, very willing to remind people uh, that she is disabled, which I think is yes. probably reasonable if you have, like, a brain injury. I, I think that I would probably do that, too. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I have some of the same patterns to degree. Oh, I'm sorry, my brain's just melting. Here. Right, right. Um, but... <laughs> judge for yourselves i suppose but not that this entire episode is going to be primarily me but also valerie just uh talking about other podcast hosts in a very like you know parasocial way maybe we should talk about some (laughs) other things too i i got a i got a sony i think boom box the other day for free that has a, a, t- a tape We're player and CD player, so I've been listening to my three uh, cassette tapes today. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful work. Uh, I, hmm, I think I have uh, in the garage, now that we have a house with a concept, um, I have my whole old stereo set up that was at my wife's apartment until just now. Um, I don't know where to put it or what to do with it. I haven't listened to a cassette tape on its own in a couple of years, probably, <laughs> which is ridiculous because I have. Um, but, um, yeah, I've, uh, in, in my rapidly dawning old age, uh, become more accustomed to simply streaming thing yeah though to be fair um at the risk of bringing (laughs) immediately this is a significant result of yeah uh the transition of having no home or no permanent housing for a while um really i just mm, i think i got in the habit of just stripping down and normalizing. This is actually the first time I have significantly used my computer for anything other than watching videos. Wow. And I guess uh, I suppose I did have those those brief moments of making the last two videos uh, <laughs> really very little. I've been sort of a mess for a um, we're working on it. We're working on it. I think. Well. Uh, no, was, continue. I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, there was one thing, a slightly less parasocial, I suppose, that I think got us from there to the idea of talking ourselves into the strange little box. Um, I was just exploring Twitter connections, and I swear this is getting less parasocial, but. Uh, I just commented, well, of course, these are connections I would expect people to have. These are 
some some combination of your music people, your trans religious people, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe you had said I didn't really, or, or that you didn't really know that there was a, a pattern there. No, I was completely people. unfamiliar with that uh, as as a constituency or as a community. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty uh, fractious, shall we say? But uh, um, I don't know what that word means. Uh, disinclined to cooperation and unity. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Uh, but I feel like for trans people, uh, processing the idea of being trans, you have competing narratives that you can work with. You can, of course, swallow some mm-hmm. basic secular approach. Um, you can reject, just completely reject all of orthodox views on religion and become hardline atheist. I don't know anyone who's done this. Uh, because the mainline religious views tend to be at best poor bedfellows with the concept of being trans. Um, there's a lot of pushback there. Yes. Um, so that's option one is atheism uh option two is uh, at the risk of being rude to myself even is uh basic bitch gnosticism in which we see (laughs) (laughs) the material world as intrinsically flawed and blame the demiurge the creator of the material world for the as the liberals like to put it, being born in the wrong body thing. Um, yeah. And just build up a very oddly specifically religious worldview from that. Or, and this is not necessarily completely different, but can be buried along the same path, uh, digging to the numerous religious occult perspectives on the uh, shall we say not binary cis whatever existence as a sort of magical power mm-hmm. um, not, not that it gives us magical powers but that it is I would way. argue it does no, I'm just kidding I mean <laughs> Potentially. Um, it gives us the magical powers of uh, constantly feeling rejected and, you know, unsafe. Which I would argue are relatively magical. Definitely a magical power and not any form of trauma. Um, <laughs> no. No, no, no. Um, but, uh, there's. There are a bunch of narratives I can choose. And I, I suspect there's a lot of syncretism that is combining of religious traditions into one that goes along here. Uh, there's uh, there's the the Maldor chance in there, Hermaphrodite there. There's um, 
on a basic level, both... Okay, I suppose this is mostly derived from Carlot, or just some odd perspectives on Christianity, etc. But uh, there's both the idea that angels themselves are sexless or genderless, and the observation through the Kabbalah of the Godhead containing both feminine and masculine essences or whatever, as well as ungendered, um, that realistically, <laughs> um, if one is to be in the form of God, one cannot be part of a binary system. Um, so, <laughs> long story short, I feel like there is a, a <laughs> fairly significant tendency for trans people to either be atheists or be bizarre, kooky religious people of one sort or another. Um, not that perhaps the two are mutually exclusive. Um, as there is... Okay, we'll just say that the person who I last got a from decided that she should put this Mysteries of the Holy Rosary card in with it. That is apparently the, the <laughs> vibe I have projected is that I need to have such things in my possession. So mm -hmm. clearly I have picked a side in these options. <laughs> Um, my understanding is that you have sort of been at the opposite end, though I'm not sure where you are with that now. Ah, uh, great, uh, great question. So, my, uh, my experience with Christianity and religion is, it's very normal. I would say it's very normal, and it's remained very normal up until, really up until I found uh, Ashley, a.k.a. Christ Lover 2000, mm -hmm. because I was raised uh, evangelical Christian with all of your kind of standard conservative uh, symbols and, you know, ideological trappings and all those sorts of things, and, you know, I was totally sold out for it. I was most definitely, like, a strong, dedicated Christian who was very involved with theology and apologetics and, you know, studying the Bible and all of these things. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't one of these folks who, and, you know, God bless him, like, I really don't, I'm not trying to, like, shit on him or anything, but I wasn't one of these folks who never really buys it, who's in a Christian family, they go to church, but they never really buy it. You know, I, that was not me at all. I, I totally was all in for it. I'm um, honestly not sure where I was with that scale. Uh interesting I well know I know for, I know that I it's funny for me because I actually have a difficult time remembering what it was like because I should mention that it's been a while since I was in that sort of a religious position of being very certain mm -hmm. particularly of like a Christian theist worldview uh, but, uh, but the reason that I know for sure that I was in it, other than just kind of remembering based on context, is that I have 
I, I wrote prayer journals and I still have them and I can still read them. And they're very emotional in a way for me to go back and read yeah. because they remind me of they, they remind me of a place where I was that I still have almost no ability to remember. So I go back and read these journals and I read my my questions to God and my just my I mean honestly just crying out to him to you know please show yourself to me give me a sign fill in the blank but at the same time you know humility I was I was always very able to uh, you know not able but I always felt obligated to approach God with humility which mm. I would still say is is certainly a correct instinct to have but um no, but then I found YouTube New Atheism so when I was, sorry. you know, like 14 to 16, somewhere in that age range. And it was all downhill from there. You know, I kind of went down the, like, the atheist shitlord pipeline of becoming like a, like an apolitical centrist right winger who was also <laughs> an atheist for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, you know, I basically started learning more, becoming a little bit more politically rad radicalized toward uh, left-wing style political views. And I, I started learning a little bit more and becoming a little bit more sympathetic to religion as a whole, as opposed to just being like kind of a militant atheist type. Not that it was ever really, like, I want everyone mm -hmm. to, every Christian to die. But no, <laughs> I, I, I certainly never was in that category. I don't think anybody really is. But, Maybe. Um, I'm sure someone huh? is. I'm sure someone is. JJ. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to Fun. So that's that's pretty much what happened with me. Yeah. And and now now I'm I'm feeling uncertain again. I really don't feel very confident in my uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, my conviction of the non-existence of the theistic God or, or whatever. Maybe I really just don't know about that. I don't know about this whole thing. So I'm really excited about this podcast because I, I think it'll give us a, a uh, good outlook, a good outlet to kind of explore these sorts of topics. A new vessel to traumatize you into strange aberrant behaviors that you haven't tried before. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much what I've already been doing <laughs> for most of my uh most of the last four to five years <laughs> so Strange i'm, I'm, I'm ready for it hey, hey absolutely um i hmm i honestly could not tell you where i was at at one point when i was younger i specifically remember in i think preschool or kindergarten i can't tell the difference because the memories are in the same place uh just concluding apropos of nothing and I, I want to preface this with a statement that I am in fact a pastor's kid so it is a whole thing Epic. Um, but uh, concluding simultaneously that obviously neither God nor Santa Claus were real um, hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know how I came to these conclusions simply remember making them but yeah wow. uh, having grown up in a 
Baptist faith tradition, which does not do infant baptism and then confirmation, but rather doesn't do baptism. baptism. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, relatively, at least cognizant baptism. When I cognizant. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre- precisely. You can do it as like a four-year-old. <laughs> and I, in fact, did so as a seven-year-old. Um, and you, you, it, you may... You may con- you may consider it problematic to call like a four <laughs> or a seven year old an adult. Uh, that that could have certain ramifications that we don't uh, really want to get into. On well, this podcast. all I can say is that I'm not a libertarian. <laughs> I am. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so you don't need to worry about me being a children. Though actually, one of the fun are you uh, are you one of those people that Blair White wants to make YouTube videos about? <laughs> God, I you're you're familiar right unfortunately yeah uh not deeply familiar i've tried to avoid deep familiarity because uh, here we are with it yes i I found her after i became a leftist so i never was a fan but she really does cater to a very interesting audience an audience of (sighs) uh Basically, what I—they're really just liberals because liberals are—I mean, liberals is a label that it's, really encompasses the entire American political spectrum. Yeah, uh, it, it's a really a group of people that I've started to find all over the place. It's people who have legitimately conservative core values, but they absolutely love appropriating the aesthetics of uh, progressive politics. Uh, and that's pretty much, I feel like, uh, Blair White's prime audience constituency. Whereas, uh, <laughs> Ashley's is completely the opposite, um, perhaps. Uh, I, I was going to say, I, I have one of the complications I've experienced with transitioning is that I feel like I have to actively keep myself away from children mm. because of expectations and negative the, associations the yeah well uh that is challenging i mean the fact that the the concentration camps were well the nazi ones obviously not the only ones uh were uh i can't do math 80 some or almost 80 years ago does not mean that the same thought processes are not, not so prevalent to a degree. And of course, the pink triangle badge was for yeah. homosexual males, trans women, pedophiles, and it's all grouped into the same thing. Basically, mm-hmm. we're, we're just some kind of pervert with a dick, though I guess not in the case. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just better which is lame because i love hanging out with kids i used to teach music to kids and it was a good time. oh so you're a pedophile yes exactly uh, exactly i i didn't ex- i didn't agree to a <laughs> podcast with a pedophile oh my gosh i completely ignored like the last 10 minutes of what you were saying <laughs> a pedophile and a libertarian <laughs> yes yes which is redundant of course no no oh well let's be honest here uh, although i would not be you know so quick to make that accusation of yeah i mean abs- absolutely i would not want to imply that all pedophiles are libertarians i'm sure some of them are better than that <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not what i was saying but like, okay <laughs> um 
must continuously pick on him. It's it's a rule. Um, <laughs> this podcast is going to be <laughs> like completely centered on just co- like over like continuously misinterpreting what we say like to each other. I. It could be worse. We could be deliberately gaslighting each other. <laughs> what if we are and we don't even realize it yet? That's that's that's, that's pretty deep. <laughs> It is deep. I'm actually a philosopher. I don't know if I've shared this with oh, wow. you yet, but I, I am one of the deepest thinkers I know. I look around at the world and I think, you know what's wrong with the world is there are just too many dumb bitches <laughs> who don't think about deep shit like shit. me. I better hide my pink clothes. Yeah, you oh, like, better too put away jokes. all of your cutesy little <laughs> aesthetics and your little chokers and your little, uh, your little fucking... Uh, uh, your little bootleg band merch or fuck <laughs> <laughs> because I am a deep and I will be talking deeply from now on <laughs> okay, well, I'm, well I'm see the thing with bootleg band merch is it's actually a strike back against the entire concept of intellectual property which is something in which the arts are directly commodified and appropriated by capital so it That's is a great it is, point. it's only <laughs> access to buy bootleg merch. I guess bootleg merch is actually it's it's ideologically pure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly not actually an instance of another capitalist appropriating art. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I mean, (laughs) unless you are planning on, you know, becoming you know, the next Jeff Bezos but with bootleg... (laughs) Like underground black and death metal band merch. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was actually which I know is a a huge like it's just a huge huge uh, business. Like everybody is like, oh my god, can I get an evangelist uh, fucking from the literal (laughs) musician who made it? But I want it to be bootleg though. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty move. (laughs) It's funny that you call it bootleg. Well, no, it is. It is actually bootleg. It's your own band. Yes, but I didn't make it. That's the thing. I found there are yeah. actually a couple of websites that are dedicated to like metal band merch. That I, it is it is possible that they have permission from someone else to use the material. I mm. doubt it. Um, and that's probably engaged in some active narcissistic self googling or something. I don't actually remember. I found. Uh, there are at least two that I'm aware of, like generic metalbandtees.com or something like that. I, I don't actually yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I know had, what you're talking about. That had the basic uh, A ligature evangelist shirt design on them. No kidding! And. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, not like any other project I've done, I think. Um, so. I'm just trying to gauge the the level of undesirable, obscure things that they're willing to put up. It's, uh, a cutoff is possibly just below evangelist. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I think this brings up, in my mind, this immediately brings up uh, Fat Tub of Lard, uh, oh. also known as Brutal Mind. But you know the thing about them is... I think they really aren't bootleg, but yeah. they, somehow they have contacts with every good brutal death metal band ever. And that's, like, that's the thing. Going back it's, throughout all time. I don't know how not, they're so comprehensive. 
it's usually not that hard to to in this day and age, speaking of our, our social true. media, to get that, get a hold of and get permission from musicians to do things if you're willing to do that. That's a good point. Yeah, especially in underground metal, I've lo- this is one of the things I've loved about joining into this community over the past couple of years is the fact that you can become friends with the people who make your favorite music. Like me. It's so great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, your shit is really, really good. Like, um, I really like your music. And it's like, oh yeah, let's just do a podcast. Yeah, of course. It's it's just natural social relations without hierarchy. Not parasocial. Not at all. Um, uh, Yeah. I will say that's also certainly not a thing. Um, I definitely, I, I of course never quite got to experience that in the same way, because most of my contacts with the musicians I adore or whatever is through doing music myself. Um, Those obviously deeply enabled social media etc my accent's doing weird things again i'm gonna just obsess over my voice don't mind me uh that's a rule right you have to obsess over your voice and get some sort of weird psychological complex right am i doing this right (laughs) i you know i'm not really sure are you like hearing your own voice right now as you speak uh, thankfully, I had the foresight to set it so that I'm not getting the feedback, but I can still hear myself naturally, acoustically. So, um, are are you feeling? Are you feeling like just? Are you feeling uncomfortable? Oh no! In the way that your voice is sounding at the moment, no, or no, no? I just oh, okay. was distracted by my accent, just teleporting. To be fair, the, the normal voice I use is an, a learned, I guess all accents are learned accents, but I normally talk like someone from Chicago, and the way I said Chicago just now is not how someone from Chicago would say it. I have slipped into Indiana, which like, I lived there for the first five years of my life or so, that's it. I don't know. Very strange. (laughs) You know, my my uh, accent or you know clear lack thereof, at least (laughs) beyond a very generic American accent. Yes, I'm sure it's completely due to the fact that my dad is actually still active duty U.S. military. He's in the Air Force. I've been moving around the world, uh, you know, doing God's work as the uh, the very best. The very best institution in the world, the U.S. military, uh, or you know, <laughs> whatever your estimation of best is. Mine is in this case, it's worse. It's actually a direct translation. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh-huh. so I I've moved around like once every three and a half years for my entire life. So it. I've lived in a bunch of places with other Americans there, obviously, because I was actually just listening to true anon i don't know if you're familiar with that podcast uh, but that is another really good podcast that i, I like. saw someone mention it on, on facebook this morning but uh, i don't know anything 
talking about it. I've, they are, a, actually, they are absolutely worth a listen. I think that you would really get a lot out of them. But they were talking about how, like, fucking, when soldiers, like, if, if soldiers, like, U.S. soldiers are like, oh, man, like, I had to go to fucking Vietnam or something, or I had to go to fucking Iraq, like, bitch, like, they build a little mini America in yeah. every single place they go. Like, you're eating burgers in Afghanistan. Like, you can suck my fucking dick, basically. Is, is I think that was a direct quote from one of the hosts. <laughs> Amazing. Keep in I mind know. that at least one... At least one host of Chuanon is willing to have any random American military service person suck their dick. I will definitely that, bear that in mind for future use. That is not exactly... <laughs> what the, the interpretation that i took away from oh, it, but oh, you know what it you, you're you're just as uh you're certainly an agent <laughs> who is capable of you know making an independent interpretation so i think that you're just as valid as i am in this case mm-hmm. i would though i mean honestly if anyone in the world like this is a call this is like a call for help if anyone out there wants to fuck me just let me know okay I'm down. I, I I will be glad to have at it. All right. Just Damn. Say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll bear that in mind as well. I I will. That's actually excluding you. Oh, that's uh, fair enough. No, just no, no, no. to the Absolutely. podcast listeners. <laughs> okay, so anyone who listens to the podcast, so it's sort of an exchange right. you have set up here. Right. This is. <laughs> I'm actually using this podcast, which you are doing most of the work for, as a platform for getting a partner so that they can fuck me absolutely endorse um uh, <laughs> we actually discussed this before we got started today uh, we did uh the fact that i am up at a very strange hour for me because i got fucked and passed out for half the day um <laughs> so it goes good times uh, it sounds, i will i will put I mean, out to our listeners Mm. Say again? I will put out to our listeners that I do not want to fuck anyone. Ursula. <laughs> well, you're in a great position because you actually have people who not only would you like to fuck them, but they also would like to fuck you, and you have like a relationship with them where it is appropriate to have sex. Yeah, which is bizarre because I am really touchy about sex. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Bring up the brain injury. Uh, <laughs> not even mine. Uh, right. There's, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of stuff in my brain that makes me not want to do that. Oh. It's fine with me. What's up? <laughs> that's, a, that's certainly a, a deep and unpleasant subject. Yeah. yeah you know, sex is. Uh, I don't really know what the right description for it is, but I know that that in in the Christian worldview, it is generally preferable to save it for marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm, of course, married, so clearly that's fine. Right. Now, are you married to one person? I am married to one person because that is how the law works in the United States where I live. Oh, so when you say married, you mean you are legally, technically yes. married. Uh, on, now, the, I wasn't aware uh, of this. Yeah, it's, it's actually the case. Um, we have the same name. 
Uh, You're married to Val? I am, in fact, married to I Val. Did not not Val, but Val. Um, not one of the probably literally upwards of a dozen other Valerys that I've come across. <laughs> that it seemed to be in your sphere. <laughs> which is one of the continually unanswerable questions. Why are there so many Valerys? I will... I'm just going to say, say straight up when I picked the name Valerie, I did not know anyone named Valerie. And this... I don't know anyone else named Valerie except for the people in your sphere <laughs> and you. Amazing. I am the keeper of the Valerie's. Correct. Um, which, I, it, perhaps there's some some deep spiritual connection going on here because uh, I mm. chose it in about 2004. I'm not sure exactly. And everyone else was later so clearly they were <laughs> connected through the collective unconscious or some such nonsense Sorry, well you. that's pretty much <laughs> what i was saying I, I think that my interpretation was a little bit more carnal than that but like i do appreciate yours too. <laughs> i think that they just thought that your your choice was cool they didn't know you i'm assuming yet but somehow they came across you and they're like damn uh, this bitch has a great name. I'm going to name myself this name. I did actually um, put the question to a, a number of Valerie's at one point uh, of, of why they had chosen me. Everyone had this different reasons. Um, unfortunately, I can only remember my wife's reason. She hmm. named herself after the song that is famously an Amy Winehouse song, even though it's not hers original. Absolutely, say she did it better than the original, uh, which I was actually unfamiliar with before I met her. Um, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm familiar in any way with Amy Winehouse's discography. <laughs> I, but I'm sure she's good. You know, yeah. I, I bet. I, I, one of these days, I need to actually remember to follow through in my intent to sit down with it and actually go through it um, I honestly liked everything I heard. Um, the only problem for me and this is this is a problem that I've discovered as I've become a like a, a seriously ill I've become seriously ill in one regard really that's the only regard maybe others too but uh, <laughs> the main one that I'm aware of is that I have become obsessed with listening to artists entire discographies from start to finish oh, in chronological God. order. I've, I've definitely seen a little bit too much of people do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what that does, though, is it does really it, it's easier to do that when you're listening to primarily things that are in the extreme metal subcategory. But when you start listening to hip-hop, or you start listening to pop, or really any other style of music where people are putting out a little more music at a time, you just, you, you just have to listen to like fucking 12 hours <laughs> of music to hear someone's entire discography, and it's just completely unwieldy, and you really can't do it. So it, it I've really kind of put myself in a bad position. <laughs> I will say, uh... In the past year or so, I've gotten back on this thing where you use Last.fm to keep track of your listening. I would say my absolute top most listened to artist is 
a pop artist who has one album out, which says something about how much I listen to that album. Um, how good that album must be. It is a really good album, though I am somewhat overdosed with that at the moment, particularly as if I... You know how things will automatically play something related once you finish an album when you're using streaming services? I don't use them, oh, so for you. yes and no. Um, theoretically, it's a comprehensible concept. Uh, mm-hmm. The number of times I've finished something and it always puts me back to some Karan Polachek song. I just like, yes, I get it. I've listened to this too much. Your AI <laughs> system has decided I need yeah it, wow. it can definitely be much. Um, i will be right back actually uh, and i will explain more afterwards interesting well let's see what else have we got on the docket here you know uh, the docket that we you know very carefully planned out before we started recording you know, we've got this whole list of topics i don't know if y'all the podcast listeners of course i'm addressing right now i don't know if y'all have been paying attention but we've really been very uh very careful with our scheduling. We've been really kind of touching each topic in a very timely fashion. Very organized. You know, we're really doing a great job here, wouldn't you say? I'm back. Okay, that's significantly better. Um, just so that everyone knows, because I'm sure everyone will be delighted to hear this, I have in fact been completely naked this whole time. My god. And I've actually been jacking off the entire time. Okay, that's, that's impressive. Not I true. couldn't even tell. <laughs> it's, it, it might be a step too far, but it's also not true. So, oh. podcast listeners, I'm not canceled. I'm not even a public <laughs> figure, so you can't cancel me because no one gives a shit yeah, about me. Yeah, I'm so already canceled, too bad for you. So you're canceled by association. What are you canceled for? Oh, that's a whole podcast for the questions. All right, whole, whole episode. Back. Really? I didn't even know that you were. I don't give a fuck though. I think that most of the things that I like are cancelable. That's so sadly probably true. Um, I think that listening to like six to ten hours worth of Christ Lover Two Thousand is is, all, is like I'm basically already going to hell. <laughs> uh, at least not actual hell. I'm but probably going to heaven now that I've listened to her because she's such a Christ-like person. <laughs> but in terms of uh, the modern social idea of hell, I, I really think I am going there. God, I, it's just occurred to me to wonder about, like, actual day-to-day personality of the name of Christ. Mm, that's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, as the, the proud owner of a, you know, almost five-month-old vagina, I am not... Oh, shout out! motherfucker I, I i really gotta say shout out like that that shit sounds fantastic absolutely um, absolutely based as the fascist kids say they um, love it they love saying that <laughs> um <laughs> i have discovered just now which i had not previously um obviously i would normally sit on chairs with clothing on as respect to the other people who use those chairs but this is literally my chair and you will fucking so, funk the shit out of that thing for every day until you die. I get it. I'm with you. Exactly. Um, but I, as such, I have never actually sat down in a hard plastic chair with you no know, underwear on the 
will say it, oh. it um it is actually really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, ah, so well, I fixed that. <laughs> okay. A important user pro tips for perspective. <laughs> yeah, you know that you know that feeling when like you're getting hot and heavy. You know, you got your partner over, and then you go to your bare mattress, and you accidentally sit down right on the that big-ass fucking mattress label that you're not allowed to remove <laughs> under penalty of literally being fucking killed by firing squad. I hate it when that happens. Like, that happened to me just the other day. <laughs> I will say that our mattress is properly dressed in purple, purple, purple sheets. Good, good, okay. Bear Mattress guys, Bear Mattress guys are some of the guys, I mean, in terms of guys, like, if we want to talk about guys, like, that's almost a whole podcast topic. We could talk about just a whole episode about guys. That's a really good discussion, but if we're talking about the type of guy that they've got, a, a, like, a, they've got, like, a makeshift bench press and a bare mattress and a TV that's on the floor leaning against the wall, and that's the entirety of their furniture. I mean, I, I think that they're some of the hottest guys in the world, and I want them to fuck my pussy. Oh, bear that in mind. <laughs> uh, the next time I come across one, uh, that I'm aware. The next of, time you what? <laughs> come across one, not, not. Please, please recommend that. <laughs> please. We've... We said we were gonna make a podcast, and it turned out to just be an extended uh, dating app video introduction. This is a dating app. <laughs> this is a, well, by app, I mean like application in kind of a job true, sense. True. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm providing uh, like a verbal application for anybody who, I'm not interested in dating, not interested in marriage. I'm interested in just a one night of On an uncovered dick. mattress. Just that. Just dick. Okay? That's all <laughs> I want. Just just fucking I'm not even I don't even know where I'm really going with this it's but actually you know what I'm asking for the real important <laughs> question here is should it be on their uncovered mattress or would you bring them back to would it be warm? on mine that's a really good question <laughs> well you know it would be really problematic and difficult for me to do it in my own dorm because I guess it would depend it, it could depend it would depend on what gender they are because my campus has these really uh uh, kind of arcane rules about people who are of the opposite yes. gender, that classic uh, concept straight. that definitely is correct, uh, are not allowed to go into the, again, opposite gender dorms. So uh, any people who are of the opposite gender of uh, me, which I don't really know who that would be exactly, but you're not allowed to come in here. <laughs> the, the gender of having lots of gender. Right, be the opposite you, gender. That really everyone in the world is, except for other non-gendered people, are allowed to come into my dorm. Uh, so well, actually, no, 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 no. The only people that can come into my dorm are people who are non-gendered, right? Because exactly. they're the same gender. As <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fuck all that. I don't even know why I'm going on about this. I'm being boring. <laughs> uh, I will say. I've only dated one person who lived at, in a dorm while we were dating. I'm sure I've dated multiple people who lived at dorms at other times, but uh, mm. anyway, 
Mm, that's one of those fun trans vibes is he of course was in the girl side of the door and uh, I when visiting him, visiting him would stay in his dorm room and go shower on the guy's side <laughs> ah yes I, I love having a good uh, a good old uh, classic you know morally pure shower with yes. my partner where we just don't touch. We're as far away as the shower walls will allow from each other, and well, we're just course, taking a shower. Is, we're really just we're just taking a shower. We were we were not allowed to. I guess we it would have just been someone else objecting. Likely, if I had used the shower on the girl's side, right? Of course, oh, he of was course. he was using the shower on the girl's side, and I as a girl was using the shower on the guy's side. Really, yeah. basically, the fact that queer people exist stopped this whole system from working at all. Uh, um. It's uh, now I will admit though, and you know what? Maybe I'm a turf. I oh, just no. kidding. I'm definitely not a turf. But yeah, Andrew says, "Why are you a turf?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hunter from Letter G, please come and critique me now in your soft, wonderful voice. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I am a Letter G simp apparently. But um, except. So, uh, yeah, no, but at, at, at the end of the day, a lot of these uh, kind of gendered social constructs, you have to admit that they, they don't really work terribly because the vast majority of people do really That's fall crazy. into those sorts of categories. So, of course, it's really awful for the people who are outliers, but for the people, for the 99.99999 or however many nines it is, uh, percent of people who are cis and who are never really going to even experience any sort of discussion of gender or any sort of uh, like they're not really going to experience gender i mean that's one of the neat things about being cis i feel like is that you don't really ever experience gender at all you just kind of go with it you, you have you and then it's just not problematic for you less. um hmm? you, you certainly have gender inflicted upon yeah, oh, definitely. You do. I will but say, as a radical feminist... I think being, uh, cis, <laughs> this, being cis is almost defined by being uh, completely malleable by gendered constructs. That's uh, a depressing and, you know, <laughs> it, Well, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong as well. Like, I really do want to stress to our podcast uh, listeners we'll, that I am a we'll just have to talk to fucking 20-year-old college student. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. And I'm not studying social studies. Mm. So I don't know any of this shit. I, I do think it's very complicated. Um, I will say I am also fairly easily uh, controlled by gender constructs. Um, I being binary is cursed and stupid. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, really? I... I it was really a strange way to grow up. Um, kind of... Okay, I, I was... raised... My, my parents both had uh, a lot of background in, you know, just feminist perspectives with uh, gender gender roles shouldn't be dictating anything essentially just really soft gender abolition but without without an adequately <laughs> trans perspective to get to the point 
completely remove referring to people with a gender at all as in, you know uh, yeah so yeah yeah I was certainly taught that that we should go beyond these gender constructs that are commonly imposed and of course I was raised theoretically being a guy though my parents didn't absolutely didn't enforce any deliberately guy shit on me um, like sure um, I, I made a, a quilt with, in a class with my mom as a kid etc I still, I didn't realize I was doing it. I started noticing it, um, I think as most cis people do around puberty. Uh, I was still internalizing just a lot of lighter cultural feminine shit. Um, mm, obsession of body image in certain ways and so forth. Um, I have no idea where I was going with this. What's I, have, I have no idea where I was going with this. Um, something about cis people. I was about people. to say. <laughs> but, oh, the... I, I do feel like I was well, obviously not cis. I was still very, very strongly molded by gender expectations. Of course. And you can't really avoid True. it. True. I, I just feel like the sort of inverse cis, but not in the way that I got away from anything, unfortunately. <laughs> um, instead, I, I spend my time trying to simultaneously deal with the ways I carefully internalize those things also get over them, which is... Yeah, that's got to be a challenge. And that's one of the, that's one of the, the big distinctions that I see in my own experience as a person who, I guess I should state for the record, that I am agender. I basically just don't have any sort of internal experience of gender, and I know that Val already knows this, but I'm just yeah. saying this for the sake of the podcast. Um... If you can't tell from my very low register voice, as you, which you obviously can, uh, I'm you know fucking all the shit like assigned male at birth. Like I'm very, I'm a very standard, very uh, cis male uh, aesthetic. Big macho type of bro. Huh? Like nobody in the world is going to look at me. Well, that's not necessarily true because sometimes like I'll have some like more feminine aesthetics yeah. that I like to uh, you know she play has. around with, but. In general, my body, a lot of, a lot of, pretty much most things about me are very traditionally masculine. But Muscles. the thing that I have noticed, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, everyone out there, I am moderately yes. muscular. Well, so while we're doing the dating application here, yes, yes, that you can fill that in. <laughs> but the thing is, what I realized, and I kind of realized this uh, in simul simultaneity. I don't know if that's actually. It's Whatever it is. <laughs> I realized this simultaneously with my, you know, learning more about, I guess you could say, different theories of gender. And what I basically came to the realization of is 
as far as my experience goes and my internal identity, there's just not really anything that I can point to and go, that's, that's, that I'm a, that I'm somehow a man. I don't know. It sounds funny to say it in this context because it, it almost doesn't really translate very well to words. Yeah. It, it almost translates better to just understanding your own experience of the world. But, like, I feel like the older I get, the more okay I get with kind of just maybe not even I mean I also I do use they them pronouns right, right. but at the end of the day I don't even know I don't know how much it's worth to me I don't know if it's worth it to live my life and essentially be uh, casting my own internal idea of myself which is as a non-gendered person who has inclinations toward traditionally masculine aesthetics but that's not really a, a, that's not really a connection to being a man in my yeah. in my own identity but but the thing is i almost am just getting less mad i'm getting less upset when people use he him pronouns or they call me a guy or a dude or a man or whatever because i i don't know i feel like it's not true but it's also just not really it's a reflection of their perception and rather than something it's not that really that big of a deal to me anymore yeah it, it is a reflection and you know what the, the thing is i of course i fucking do that too to other people <laughs> we all do it's yeah. the way that it's the way that our <laughs> fucking society works I try so, not to but yeah <laughs> easier said I than not tr- i would like to try more i really should try harder Maybe steps uh but you know we all got our uh, we we all have our indiscretions, which is something that uh, that's something that Ashley said that I liked. Mm. Oh. <laughs> or to quote uh, another friend of mine, when asked about his past, not JJ, uh, his past in making Christian black metal, uh, he had two memorable quotes. One was, "I used to smoke a lot of weed." <laughs> okay. <laughs> the other was, "We all make mistakes." Those are two very classic, yeah. I would say very classic, mm-hmm. classic quotes. Yeah. Uh, our own neither descriptions. Of them... Yes, yes. Uh, we all make mistakes is, I mean, that's just a, it's just an accident. I mean, everyone, everyone knows that. And uh, I used to smoke a lot of weed. Well, that, that's really, uh, you know, is it true is the question for each person. Yeah, it's certainly not true for me. It's not. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I actually... Maybe I could be just like that. You know what? I wouldn't necessarily have pegged you as a person who was not not a weed smoker, because I feel like almost everyone these days is. Yeah, it is, it is just a norm for the culture, especially in our generations, since we are actually technically of different generations. Um, yeah, you're... you're you're definitely in it's funny because you're i'm much younger yeah i'm much younger than you are, which for me it makes it funny because i feel really i feel like the uh i feel dumb because <laughs> i feel like i have so much less life experience and i feel like if i were to say something especially something that is something that you know about which is probably a fair amount of things that i claim to know about uh, i just feel dumb because it's like well what do i really know that is even worth saying 
that I will not have a much, much better understanding of when I'm, you know, 10 years older or something like that. I mean, I will say, for the record, I constantly feel really stupid and uninformed about pretty much everything. Um, I... For some reason, I went off (laughs) on some... (laughs) That's great. Some music theory thing uh, the other morning while I was at work. realized I was saying a whole bunch of completely incomprehensible things um, to the person I was talking to um, I and was very confident with how all of those things worked and, and actually felt like I knew what I was talking about and realized that this was very aberrant as compared to my, my normal feeling of I had no idea what I'm on about um, I mean I'm used to I feel, I mean, I got a degree in that, so I hope I have some level of familiarity. Oh, very good. Very good job. Thanks. I'm uh, three quarters of the way. You're actually technically past because I just have an associate's degree. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I stopped going to school and uh, went to just being part of the workforce, which was, I think, unnecessary life move for me um, as much as I would like to just keep going to school forever I think what I needed on a lot of levels was to not buy into capital but to be functional myself um, to be and this is perhaps an overly optimistic term, but independent in some ways um, is something that I'm always sort of struggling with. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. my the things that I'm always going into, I feel like. Mostly the language of religion, and I feel like I know absolutely nothing. Uh, I speak most of the languages that I speak any of very, very poorly. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I forget like, basic things about how grammar works. Um, and I suppose. I can certainly reference the Bible better than a lot of people, but um, oh, sure. I feel like this is just directly a result of spending the early part of my life in a church setting. Um, yeah, I wish, honestly, especially now, I really wish that I had retained the, you know, years of hard work that I put into Bible memorization and a lot of the learning that I had because, well, I don't know. I don't really, again, you know, I don't really know where I am on a, uh, on a religious level, but we could just say this. I'm much less antagonistic to theism Mm -hmm. than I used to be. That's, that is for sure. 
I'm also relatively antagonistic, though, to assurance of any sort. Absolutely. Because I don't... I feel so incapable. And of course, I know that the, the, the Christian response to that is, well, that's the point. Right. Like, the point is... You are incapable, and, you and must, it's good that you recognize that. And you that. must you have the humility to recognize that and access that through faith. Precisely, precisely. But it's but that that word right there, <laughs> faith. Faith has always been one of the most challenging concepts for me. Yeah. And you know, I, I I'm certainly open and willing and interested in you know making some forward steps in a faith journey so to speak but i don't really know what that would look like and i don't know how that would uh i don't know how it would manifest but i'm certainly less less antagonistic to it than i used to be and i also am kind of glad that none of my current uh you know political or ideological positions are necessarily antagonistic to being a christian that is one thing that i'm glad to know and be be assured of like being you know critical of capitalism and critical of the american political system and critical of you know modern culture in a number Those of ways absolutely christian and stances <laughs> all of them yeah <laughs> wow. uh, yeah that's that's the thing they at the end of the day they're actually much more in line with the teachings and life of christ yeah. than the alternatives <laughs> yeah there's, uh, I hope that somewhere, I'm sure there are books of words, I hope there's uh, an entire podcast dedicated to examining how, what we know of those actual teachings in life, um, actually, well, and scripture in general, actually interface, how they are viewed differently through the lens of existing and world, how that's distinct from the systems in which they were uh, put down originally, and I, uh, just a, not a, not a necessarily a, a Marxist materialist, I mean, material analysis of the whole thing, but mm-hmm. something that uses potentially a Marxist lens to see how those teachings are in fact interfacing contextually and historically with but yeah um, I am certainly not qualified to do that myself uh, oh yeah uh, <laughs> you might be more than I uh, I don't know I feel like uh, I'm still in that stage of my life where or maybe this is just the permanent stage that I'm never going to get out of but you know it's the whole paradox of the more you learn about any particular topic uh, the the less you feel like you know because you're learning more about things that have basically an infinite spread of information that you could be learning about so I it's kind of a good position and a bad position to be in because you're very humble and you're much less uh, dogmatic yeah but you're also a lot less secure and confident. Yeah, which can can in turn undermine your ability to actually get anywhere with anything. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, 
the good thing is though I'm I'm very very confident and you know perhaps to a, a fault I'm very confident with my framework of you know essentially like you were saying Marxist materialism looking at the world through kind of a class organized mm -hmm. system that's that's gonna take some real work for for it to fall. Like if I were to come to a different conclusion than that sort of worldview, that would be a lot. That would be very challenging. Yeah, that, would be... that would be very very challenging because I don't even know. I can't even imagine frankly, something that would coming actually, to a different yeah, conclusion yeah. than that because it's so so fucking obvious yep. to me. Yeah, it, it certainly took time to get there personally and the question of what are the, the ramifications of that is always an ongoing process of uh, course but, um, actually that's one of the wonderful advantages of transitioning and suddenly spending your life around all these trans people a large number of whom are leftists yeah. because it's in our material interest I mean uh <laughs> Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. That's one. That is one cool thing. And I remember, you know, I people have critiqued me for this. Friends of mine have critiqued me for this because they're like, "You're, you're." Oh, fuck! I said my name. Uh. Well, who fucking cares? <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you're, um, well, you're kind of treating trans people like they're kind of aliens. But that's not really what 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 it was. So I remember I went to this. Really cool punk show in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and Gift from God was playing. I don't know if you know Sophia Lackis, oh. but she is a really cool. She's a bassist in Gift from God, and she's in Listless, and she's, I think she's Greek. She's trans. Uh, pretty cool. Anyway, so I, I went to this show and I met like, I don't know, like, fucking like eight trans people. <laughs> Naturally, and it was Would the they were the first trans people that I had ever met. I had never met any trans people in real life so for me it was a really neat experience because it was like whoa these people have a very kind of intimately familiar experience uh to me so that was pretty cool how old were you for this uh, not like i'm really surrounded by them in, in my real life but I, I think i was uh 19 18 19 somewhere around there this this one of my my on-running uh weird self-past obsessions brain injuries as it were uh, <laughs> it's the yes the, yes uh, <laughs> yeah, keeping in uh in, in yes uh, is that with some weird exceptions uh, certainly in the context of experiencing trans people that i was a peer to or of my age group etc I didn't encounter anyone who had really, at least to my knowledge, um, like uh, medically transitioned or anything um, until really? I was 27, I think. Um, really? Yeah, which is. I think certainly a, a contributing factor in how long it took me to transition, uh, which, yeah, uh, which yeah. I did when I was 28 for the 
everyone who is listening who doesn't know the details of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every one yeah. of us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and if it's always been one of the, the nagging motives, because I know both from both is the wrong word, I need a larger number, higher cardinality of both. Um, uh, my wife, um, the people I live with, them were around trans people <laughs> you know uh, at least in some capacity I mean at least like you know through the internet like, it was just a thing that yeah, existed yeah. in social groups to a varying degree um, and they certainly had different experiences with that I don't want them all together but when they concluded that certainly. they were trans they had the example of this is what you do if you conclude that you're trans, you go through you go through some process of seeing if you can get access to the medical support that will help you feel better and coming out. And my awareness of being trans was super fucking limited and weird. Though, while I was at least exposed to the concept uh, much sooner than I think a lot of people my age were, um, I didn't know anything about how the medical stuff worked, and I didn't ask, and I (laughs) assumed it wasn't accessible to me, and I also... The, I think not inaccurate perception I had, as it's still to some degree not, not inaccurate, was that if I transitioned, I would not be able to function in society and I would directly massively suffer from it. And that also I would not realistically have access to any at all satisfactory sort of medical things. I just wouldn't be able to afford it, etc. etc. And they had a perception that they didn't really work. Which I don't know where I got that from. I I think I'm I'm very stupid actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess we have that in common. Uh, I mean I knew an older trans woman when I was a teenager who like, definitely worked. She, um, she's dead now, actually. Huh. Um, but she, she was much prettier than I am. She um, Oh, yeah? Uh, uh, don't put yourself Well, yeah, of course I've you know, got my own twisted That's one thing that we will not be having in this podcast is we will have no negative self I'm saying she, she was okay. active um, actively what? quite pretty, so it's not necessarily an insult to myself. Okay. Uh, 
but like I still somehow <laughs> managed to retain the idea that this was not a thing I could do and that it wasn't a thing that worked anyway and I some self-protective delusion or something yeah sure so anyway whenever whenever uh, I have the experience of other people having been exposed to socializing with more trans people in a peer group it's at a younger age it's strange to me Um, I mean I straight up started transitioning when all I knew was uh, one girl and like one or two of her friends yeah that's (laughs) that is really intense like you're really going into that blind like ri- like very and that, that's just speaking of people who had that whole transition because I'm talking about medical transition or something yeah 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 um, no of, of course and social transition is very difficult to make stick without medical transition which is deplorable and unfortunate yes yes indeed well you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm thinking right now? I'm looking at our, our t- I'm looking at my audacity. Yeah. I think we're we're at a pretty good. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of content. Yeah. Here. You know, I, I feel like it's a good preview I of, of our endless ramblings. Um, yes. You know, I I hope I hope that we'll get better. You know, not to say that we're bad right now, but we probably are. I, I think we probably are pretty bad. You know, one key, I think, and this is something that I've already run into a couple times, is I think that podcasters generally do a really good job of pronouncing words correctly the first time every single time, and they don't, like, mess up words and have to fix them. So that's one thing that I'll have to uh, have to keep an eye on. I, I, do think I don't think that that was an issue for you, but... <laughs> Always more self-conscious than me. Uh, but yeah, I think we've got a good preview of where we're going, and... Shockingly, despite our expectations before we got started, I did actually wake up. <laughs> you did wake up, but I think that we probably should still call the call the episode. Val is still asleep. Uh, Val is still asleep. Still asleep. <laughs> All right. Because not because it's relevant remotely to the content of the podcast, but because well, because it's dumb. Right. This has been the first episode of Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or there's something wrong with this. And welcome to everyone. You can now share those horribly long things. And I reckon we will see you next time with more wrong things. Good luck. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God. <laughs>